arts and culture reporter and film critic Sean Means is back with us for another year. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's always here with kind of uh, a wrap-up of his favorite films of uh, Sundance, so um, I would encourage you to grab a pencil and, and make note for future reference. Um, your goal in these is to see all of the, the competition films, both the uh, dramatic and documentary, so at a minimum 32, mm-hmm. or have you hit that? Um, I, I, I've, I've sort of had to back off on the on the documentary part. Uh, uh, I, try for, I try for all 16 of the U.S. dramatic competition, and as many as, man, as much as everything else as I can manage, so because uh, I'm I'm having to do more you know straight coverage uh, than I used to do so, sure. but uh, it's no it's 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 great because I get to see and you know cover the events of the festival and ca- and capture the capture the festival aspect of the festival not just the films. Yeah. So so, uh, so you've seen the sixteen dramatic ones at this uh, point? Or one left. Well, I got one left tomorrow. I still have not seen Shirley. That'll be my last film tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but I've seen the rest and uh, it's. It's a heck of a lineup. It's a heck of a heck of a slate they put together. Okay. Uh, so. Well, I I kind of pulled up your your top ten, and I it's mm-hmm. not all in one. I should have probably printed it out so I could look at it better. But um, talk talk about some of your your favorites there then on the dramatic side. Well, there's three that really stood out for me in the U.S. dramatic competition. Uh, one is Nine Days, which is this gorgeous uh, sort of poetic uh, look at the idea of what it's like to be a human being. Uh, stars Winston Duke, who people would know as the dad from Us, or Umbaku from the Black Panther movies. Uh, movie. Uh, he plays a guy who who lives in a house in the middle of nowhere. And when I say middle of nowhere, I mean the Bonneville Salt Flats, because that's where they filmed it. Uh, and he he is tasked with the job of interviewing souls. Uh, interviewing people for the uh, for for the for the uh, job of being a human. One of the one of the people that he interviews will get the honor of getting to live on Earth as a person, uh, and he, and he he monitors the people he has been he has chosen previously, and he watches their lives and sees what happens to see how things play out and so on. Um, and he and and so interviewing these folks and trying to figure out what would be the best thing, what you know who, who would who would be best suited to survive in the cruel world that is the cruel world. Uh, and is a great cast. Zazie Beetz, uh, Bill Skarsgård, Tony Hale are among the applicants. Uh, Benedict Wong, who people would know from Doctor Strange, uh, is is in here as well. It's it's just Edson Edson Oda is the writer director, and it's just this really beautiful, you know, almost a poem about you know what it means to be a person. Okay, Sat- uh, play Saturday at noon at Park City Library. If somebody's interested mm-hmm. in tonight at the Grand yep. Theater. Down in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the other, another one that is beautiful, just beautiful in a different way, is a Sylvie's Love. This is a this is a very old fashioned, straightforward uh, uh, romance in the sort of Douglas Sirk uh, mold, fifties uh, and sixties, uh, set in that era. Uh, stars Tessa Thompson and uh, Namdi uh, Asamoah, uh, who is uh, a former a former Oakland Raider, uh, who's a very charming actor, and uh, she she is a young woman who wants to uh, has ambitions to work in television, is engaged, and then meets uh, the other character who is a jazz musician, and romance then ensues in the in spite of her being engaged. Uh, it's it's the director Eugene Ash. Um, it's it is just this beautifully rendered period uh, drama 
And Tessa Thompson is just amazing. So, she was fabulous, yeah. I thought. And I loved the sets. I loved the music. I, yeah, it mm -hmm. was a little on the slow side, but it was like that's Oh, I had, oh, I had no problem with that. And, <laughs> I mean, I saw, it very, I saw it late enough where, you know, oh. anything slow would have put me right out, and <laughs> this did not. So. Okay. Uh, and then the other one um, I'll mention is Wander Darkly. Uh, this is a this is a, a a drama sort of in the sixth sense mode. Uh, you have a, a couple with a baby and a mortgage, uh, but but without a marriage certificate, uh, and they uh, played by uh, Sienna Miller and Diego Luna, and they are arguing uh, in the car driving home from a party, and suddenly they get hit by uh, there, there's 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 a car crash, and when the Sienna Miller character. Uh, wakes up. She is standing in the uh, in the uh, emergency room, watching her body being wheeled to the morgue. So she she's she's dead, or at least she or at least she believes she's dead. And then we see what happens after that, and we see and and we see her uh, and uh, her 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 boyfriend, the Diego Luna character, uh, sort of. Going, playing, replaying parts of their past and, and, and parts of their story and trying to remember uh, and, and, and comparing notes on what they were each thinking at the time. And uh, it's, uh, again, it's just a very beautiful uh, um, and, and, and very, in, weird, in a weird way, life-affirming movie in, uh, in the sense that it makes you think back, think about you know, what matters in one's life. So. so, so of those that you've mentioned, I mean, do do they have the uh, the opportunity to make it to the? To I, I believe so. I think I think uh, I think meetings are happening, mm. you know, as as we go around here. Um, you know, there's some movies that are are going to be the quick, you know, uh, uh, bidding war in the in the hotels on you know five minutes after the movie credits roll. Uh, Palm Springs, the comedy, is one of those. They uh, set a set a new record for uh, biggest deal uh, the, of uh, seventeen point five million dollars and sixty nine cents. They they added that last bit just to just to beat out the old record, which was the Birth of a Nation, the Nate Parker movie. Uh, and uh, uh, now that would be a clever marketing person who thought of that yeah. to add the sixty nine cents <laughs> that, to get the headline. That may have been. That may have <laughs> as been as opposed to the the preceding comment that well, we made earlier. It it all it also may may speak to that the producers are the guys you know Andy Samberg and his friends who run the Lonely Island uh, unit, and they may have may have just done it as a as, as a, a crude joke. Joke. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which means, which which is a good indication of yes, we know we've got a great movie, we know so, and, and a good deal, and we love it so much, we're going to you know, not take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and and Palm Springs is a funny movie. It's a it, it's really hilarious. It's sort of a Groundhog Day at a wedding, uh, and uh, Andy Samberg has been in this infinite time loop for a very long time, and sucks in uh, one of the bridesmaids played by Kristen Milioti, and. Uh, uh, she she did and and he, and he sort of shows her the ropes of you know what it's like to be in an infinite time loop. <laughs> so. um, I wanted to bring before we jump jump into the documentaries. Do you want to bring up the because you have it on your list here the uh, the kids movie Binti. Yes, I love that. The, the Sundance Kids. I I mean I I have to admit that the kids program. I have some bias because it's put together by the Utah Film Center and, and the who run the Tumbleweeds Film Festival down in Salt Lake in March. And I have I have a personal bias there. My wife works for the Film Center. Uh, so, but that being said, Binti is. I'm sure Patrick Hubbley will take all the credit that we weigh yes. on individually. So Pat we can Patrick just keep will, yeah. clear of your wife. We'll, yes. just, we'll just shower praise on Patrick. Um, 
the thing about Binti is this Belgian movie about a uh, father and daughter. The daughter is this very lively, energetic young woman who has her own video blog and uh, it you know records everything that goes on in her life. And what's going on in her life includes that uh, she and her father are undocumented uh, immigrants in Belgium, uh, having come up from the Congo. Um, or I guess they just call it Congo now. Uh, yeah. the Democratic <laughs> shows, National Republic shows, of the Congo. Shows how, shows, how, shows how old I am. I still call it the Congo. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, I wish American kids' movies were this energetic and this exuberant, but still willing to tackle tougher stuff. Issue. The way this one does, yeah. and it's um, it, it it's it's just lovely. It is. I think it's got one more, one or two more plays. Uh, Saturday at one o'clock yeah. at Redstone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and it's lovely. The other the other two movies I didn't see. Come, uh, come away, uh, which is sort of a Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland uh, variation with uh, Angelina Jolie and David Oyelowo. I didn't get to see that one. But the other one uh, in the ki- in the kids program, uh, Timmy Failure, mistakes were made. Uh, this is actually going to start streaming next Friday, the seventh, on uh, Disney Plus, and it's the first Disney Plus movie to make it into Sundance. Um, it's a uh, very funny uh, movie about an eleven-year-old detective uh, working with his partner, who's a fifteen-hundred-pound polar bear, uh, and uh, um, and and how the how you know his detective agency is basically a a shield against you know the the horrors of having to like you know grow up. Um, but uh, it's, it's, very, it's very well done. Directed by Tom McCarthy, whose last movie was the Best Picture Oscar winner, Spotlight. Uh, and it, uh, it, feels like, it feels like a kid's movie uh, uh, merged into an episode of Portlandia. Because it's set in Portland and, and they, embrace, you know, they, 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 they embrace the oddness of, of Portland, Oregon, which you know, I think everyone should. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, really, it's really fun. And yeah, uh, I think it's screening one more time, and then also yeah, go uh, on Netflix or on uh, Disney Plus yeah. to see it next week. Well, you've got a kid. Has has Cormac been to, to any uh, Sundance films yet? No, we're looking forward to seeing that one when it starts streaming because we we are Disney Plus subscribers. <laughs> okay. um, and when I had to decide on his, he skis both Saturday and Sunday, and so the conflict was there. And when he <laughs> saw it was going to come out on Netflix, I was like scapegoated. Okay, we can put that off and see it when it comes out. But he he wanted it. We we looked for kid appropriate. Midweek films and really struggled. So that was the only that'd be my only pet peeve is try and find a little better. Yeah, and the one thing about the Binti, the the, the uh, filmmaker did say she was nine, mm. at playing. I mean, she plays a twelve or thirteen year old. It's just an amazing actress. I mean, she was she was fabulous. So and, I hope, and they're I hope and they're and they're a real father daughter. I mean, he's yeah. he's a he's a, a An popular hip hop musician in uh, Belgium, ah. and uh, and also an actor. But uh, and but that's his real daughter. Yeah, that was. I, I hope that. Uh, Katie's listening. That's something that we can bring to the uh, Park City community because it's just so, so relevant um, with with the issues of the day. Well, let's um, take a, a look at then at some of the uh, the documentaries that you've got on your on your list as well. Okay, um, I, I've caught up on more documentaries since the thing uh, since mm-hmm. since my list came out. But one of them that I loved is uh, Dick Johnson is dead. Oh, love uh, that too. This is this is uh, Kirsten Johnson who. Did, who's who's been a cinematographer for documentaries for decades? Uh, recently, came, a few years ago, came out with a, her own uh, film, Camera Person, uh, w- where she took her old footage and turned it basically repurposed it basically in the form of an autobiography about like her life and work. Um, Dick Johnson is dead. She is uh, Dick is her father, uh, who is a retired uh, psychiatrist in Seattle, 
who is in his mid-80s and is starting that decline into Alzheimer's. Um, and they have discussed things like what, do you, what, you know, what happens when he dies and so on. And one thing they decided to do, uh, what they decided to do here is, well, <laughs> we're going to fake his death. And they, so they film versions of him dying in gruesome accidents, and they employ stunt people and makeup artists to do spurting blood and whatnot. And it, 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 and he seems to be having just the time of his life having doing these things. They also envision sort of what his, what heaven would be like for him, and uh, and and stage that on a soundstage. Um, and, and Farrah Fawcett's part of it. Uh, yeah. Farrah <laughs> Fawcett and and uh, and Buster Keaton and other faces and there's dancing and there's confetti and there's chocolate cake chocolate cake is a major player in this movie uh and and so you gotta you know you gotta you gotta salute mr uh, dr johnson for that if nothing else um but it it is it is you know a serious subject but handled in a you know engaging way um you know as as, as uh, kirsten said at the at, at the premiere or not well the screening i went to when she introduced it and says well we're all gonna die <laughs> Uh, one thing we all have in common, we're all going to die, so enjoy the movie. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. So, <laughs> yeah. What um, else? That, um, Crip Camp, the opening night mm. movie, uh, was, was delightful. Uh, this, this, uh, uh, you know, this great archive footage of this, uh, one of the first uh, uh, summer camps for disabled uh, kids, uh, or kids with disabilities. And it was a great thing for them because they got to see, for the first time maybe in their lives, that, oh, yeah, there's other people like me, too, you know, because... We're not all shut up in our individual apartments in New York City, uh, and they got to they got to play with play and and be with each other and you know have their first girlfriend and things like that. And then the then the the weird thing after that is that because of the sort of camaraderie uh, that they shared, uh, they wound up a lot of the kids wound up as adults becoming uh, activists in the disabled rights movement. Uh, get, you know, pushing, pushing for some of the first accommodation, illegal accommodations from the government, uh, eventually pushing for the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. And it all came out of the fact that they were all, they all hung out together as kids in camp. So that was very, that was very cool and very lovely. Um, one I saw yesterday, uh, didn't make it from my list, uh, Mucho Mucho Amor. Uh, Where are we talking uh, about I, next? I, 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 I did not grow up with Spanish language television, so I was not, <laughs> I was not familiar with Walter Mercado. Uh, and but every I, I ran into a critic friend of mine who is Cuban American who was like who saw the movie three times because her apple because she saw it like ahead of the festival and and she interviewed the filmmakers and so on. Um, but she uh, she talked about how you know she saw it with her abuelita and you know and grew up on Walter Mercado watching his watching his his um, uh, daily astrology uh, uh, readings on television and. You know, very positive messages always, and very you know, uh, and and uh, uh, um, always telling people to be the be their best true selves. And he was his best true self. Very flamboyant. I mean, he he was. They they, they describe it as sort of a mix of of, of Oprah, Mr. Rogers, and Liberace. <laughs> and uh, and and there's and that's that's so true. And and he and he was on TV about as often as Ryan Seacrest. So you know, he he was everywhere. Uh, for you know, generations of of people who watch Spanish language television, um, and he and he and then he went away for a while uh, for reasons that are explained in the film, and then he had this sort of late in life uh, renaissance uh, of a sort, uh, and and uh, uh, there is um, 
one of the first voices you see in the movie. Actually, the first voice you see in the movie is one of his biggest fans, which is this this, this dude named uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, and uh, just just from that moment, you get the sense of oh, okay, this is you know, if this is not your culture, you still recognize that it's it's a big idea, it's a big thing for somebody's culture, and it's just it was just great and fascinating to sort of soak in in Walter's glow. <laughs> yeah, so. we got about five minutes left, and I just wanted did you did you Go sit through the four hours of Hillary? I, I sat through all four hours of Hillary. Yeah. And, and sat, why? And Just because up, Hillary was there? or Partly because, mostly because she was there and I, that there was a good story to be had there. And I sat in the second row so I would get a decent photo from, you know, on my little camera phone. Um, but it was fascinating to watch. I mean, I, you know, this was this was four hours in the Ray um, last Saturday and Full House, Gloria Steinem was there watching it as well. Um, and... It was it was fascinating to see you know everything you knew and everything you knew and everything you you thought you knew about Hillary Clinton and how that played against played against uh, sort of her interpretations and her views of the stuff that she had been living through and you know and and just and just frankly I mean she should be a talking head pundit on on you know MSNBC right now because this is her third impeachment that she's lived through. And the first one, she was, you know, with Nixon, she was a, a, a young House Judiciary Committee staffer writing up and looking and doing the research on what exactly high crimes and misdemeanors are. Of course, the second one she lived through with her husband, and now the third one that we're all living through. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, and then I noticed you also wrote uh, a brief article on the recognition of the Ute tribal nation yeah. for the Tribune. I just wanted to thank you for that because I was one of the people that there was a little bit of confusion or misinterpretation with um, one of the segments, because I think it's um, Bird Running Water at the end has this audible sound at Hi. the end. And people are like, was he being sarcastic or was he not? But you've pointed out that it, he, that's thank Apache you. for thank well, you. And so Sundance, I just wanted to say thank you for, for getting yeah. that clear. Cause well, Sundance, Sundance sent a... I kind of liked it both, either way, but... Sundance set out the press kit with the information about the the the, uh, the land acknowledgement uh, videos that were played before every festival or every every screening, and with and with Bird Running Waters, I and mean, he's you know uh, Cheyenne and Mescalero Apache, and he you know he starts with speaking something in Apache. I have no idea what he said, but I assume it's you know something positive, and it said you know the, the word Ikea. Uh, I think it's the pronunciation. I'm gonna butcher that pronunciation. I'm sure. Um, and but you know spell it out and I googled it and I, you know googled the word and Apache and they said it means basically thank you. Thank you. So yeah. yeah. People and were like, what, was he was like because it comes across like ah yeah. Like, ah and people are people kind of laughed at it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they they thought he was just poking us in the eye, yes. which would have been appropriate as well. But um, I, was, yeah. I was pleased to find that out. That yeah. And 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 that that was a nice thing this year that, that that they started doing. And you know people talked about how they've seen more visibly the diversity push. Uh, in the festival, uh, with the land acknowledgement uh, uh, videos, as an example, you know, acknowledging the Ute Indian tribe, uh, with the uh, uh, more visible uh, displays of uh, help for disabled uh, festival goers, like with the, um, the closed captioning devices or the uh, uh, sign language interpreters at live events and so on. Um, and you're and you're seeing you know, you're seeing a, a a more concerted push. I mean, I think they've been doing it all along, but I think they they really got out in front with it this year. What did you make of the uh, no opening press conference this year? Uh, didn't didn't do much for my you know didn't didn't do me didn't do me no never mind I would say uh, it, 
part of it is that it, you know, the reason for that press conference for so many years was it's, it was the one and only chance for a lot of people to see Bob in person, to see Mr. Redford in person. And he's, you know, he reti- he's retired now, so he's decided not to do that so much. And without that, there's less reason to have that press conference. And last, and last, year's, pre- last year's press conference, where he popped up for like a minute at the beginning and then walked away, and then everybody was like, oh, okay. And, there, you know, when it's the festival, uh, you know, what's the, when it's the people from Sundance talking about what, is, you know, what they do and everything, I mean, that's, that's interesting in one sense, but it's not really news. Uh, you know, it's it's basically you know just sort of restatement of principles, and and th- and that's what Bob was doing for so many years with the press conferences, sort of restating the principles. But it was good to hear it from him, and you know, being you know with the star power that he did he commands, and also so occasionally you'd sneak in a good good question where he would actually say something that would actually make news. Yeah, right. um, and people care what Robert Robert Redford says, you know, about the Trump administration. They may not necessarily care so much what John Cooper says about the Trump administration. <laughs> Well, and that was a final question I had for you was just any any guesses? This is John Cooper's final year as director of the, the film festival. He's going on to take another role, I think, developing, helping to develop the new headquarters and such. But mm-hmm. any, I mean, I, I'm sure they're interviewing people now. We'll probably hear something shortly, huh? Um, I can't really say. I don't, ha- I don't have a sense of it. Mm. Okay. So. All right. Any other thoughts? This year's festival. I mean, I, I had kind of. It's been fun. Things. It's been fun to watch Cooper in his in his final festival. Uh, they had the bonfire on Sweet Alley yeah. yesterday, and he was he was obviously enjoying himself, being able to you know light a large pallet of of wood on fire. Uh, and uh, um, he and and he. I mean, I was at the uh, the screening yesterday for Mucho Mucho Amor, and he started to, to sort of tear up a bit uh, when he was introducing the mm-hmm. film, and he and he said at the time, said at the screening that it was. In part because uh, he, when he saw Mucho Mucho More uh, just ahead of the festival, when they programmed it, he was like, "Oh, this is gonna be so great! I'm gonna get to meet Walter Mercado." And then, like the next day, uh, was the word that Walter had died, oh. and so it was like, "Oh, yeah." It's like so, so, so the sort of bittersweet about you know programming this thing, uh, programming the film. But the other thing he, he told me later, he told me yesterday was, um, he said, you know, it's the last time he was gonna introduce a movie at the Egyptian. And so, you know, he's, he's been going through that sort of, you know, it, and he said at first, at the start of the festival, it wasn't really hitting him, but it's starting to hit him more that, that you know, this, that, that sort of, okay, this is the last time I'm going to do this, and this is the last time I'm going to do that. So. Hmm. so, Film Church should be a lot of fun. Okay. Again, that's happening on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning. Yep. Sean, always appreciate your time that you take to, to join us here on this final day of the, the Sundance Reel. So, thanks again. Well, thank you. Tune in and find out about some of the unknown and talented independent filmmakers from around the world. Join us for the Sundance Reel each weekday morning between 9 and 10. We'll highlight some of the most intriguing films being presented at this year's Sundance Film Festival. That's the Sundance Reel weekday mornings from 9 to 10 through January 31st right here on KPCW or online kpcw.org. The Sundance Reel is brought to you in part by Sundance Institute, presenting the 2020 Sundance Film Festival from January 23rd through February 2nd. And Acura, proud 10-year sponsor of the festival and supporter of independent film and music. Learn more at acura.com.